Welcome back to episode 20 of the Cricket Social Podcast. I am Akshay and with me as usual is my co-host Anand. Week 3 of IPL has just concluded and a lot has been happening on and off the field. On field, the future generation of Indian cricket is setting things on fire and off it, the older generation has been capturing headlines. But between all of that, we have seen some fantastic wins, but nothing really stands out more than CSK's 10 wicket win over Kings 11 Punjab. And at the heart of it was one man Shane Watson but to be honest it was long time coming so janak tell me were you really expecting something like this from watson i would say yes i was i mean shane has been a proven performer for csk and even in ipl as a whole right so <laughs> it's not a surprise i mean he has this big hitting uh, uh, you know capability and and he can take away the game when when he's on song so i'm not surprised by that uh the only thing is uh, you know that's that's worth understanding and for other teams to look into is like how csk backs their player given they i mean they don't have enough uh, you know backup players or substitutes but at the same time they still show confidence after losing three bad games uh, in, in a row after 24 so i don't know what you think about that in terms of uh, you know team strategy and the team composition I feel like this this definitely sheds some light on weakness of the CSK team composition especially that Raina is not available and you know their top wasn't what water wasn't really clicking but they don't really have much of a choice they have to persist with Shane Watson but at the same point I feel like some of the other IPL teams have uh, promoted some of the youngsters from recent under 19 and you know, Uh, from a couple of years back the kids who are up and coming they have given them the chance and promoted them up the order i felt like that's something that csk could have done better because if you look at it rituraj kaikwad was given just two games you know he uh, one of them was unfortunate and then the second one maybe you can say you know he was to blame there but again he's just a kid getting his first season in ipl I, I felt like you know they should have persisted more with him. Nothing against Shane Watson. He has, like you said, has been uh, a proven player in IPL and other T20 leagues around the world. But yeah, I, I honestly don't agree with uh, the strategy that CSK is using. Sure, like credit to Dhoni and Fleming to stick with him for so long. But again, the question should be, should you? Yeah, I guess in my opinion, maybe. even if not Shane Watson there are other underperforming players as well right Kedar Jadhav is is one that comes up my mind and uh, and if you see similar thing for Rajasthan Royals they have back dropping the thappa by dropping Yashashvi Jaiswal ever since Butler came into that so yeah. it looks like teams are going for experience whereas some teams like RCB you know they they have kept Parthiv Patel off the squad or off the team and they are giving mm-hmm. that uh, young particle a, a good run and uh, he's he's giving them good returns yeah 350 350s in four games oh so. yeah i mean that, that's definitely you know worth something that you would back but like you said they are going for the experience but if the experience isn't really paying off after five games then isn't it time to move on the case you make for utappa and yashasvi jaiswal i definitely feel that jaiswal should be should have been given a longer run one game and that kid is out that seems a little unfair but again uh, the, the teams want to make the most out of their the experience that they have in their squad so it kind of makes sense but again you have to feel bad for the youngsters right And especially sure. when you look at what the other youngsters who have gotten some opportunity what they're doing right uh priyam gurg for that matter right like sure first couple of games he didn't really perform to his name but then against csk he lived up to the expectation and especially in the situation he was in so i feel you know uh, yashasvi jaiswal and the likes of him would definitely be feeling a little bad that their counterparts got the opportunity and they unfortunately didn't really get that long run 
Yeah, it's it's uh, you know like if even though at the start of the league it was shocking Saurabh Tiwari played ahead of Ishan Kishan, so I felt really really bad for him. But uh, looks like after three four games teams have started correcting, and I'm mm-hmm. sure uh, I, maybe not CSK but Rajasthan Royals will definitely look into replacing Uthappa with some other young guy. Yeah, but honestly, like looking at the IPL so far within the three weeks, observing it as much as we can, it looks like the future of Indian cricket is pretty solid. Like, yeah, I because... think so. I mean, that talent pool is coming. Uh, yeah, it's getting bigger and bigger, and uh, it's only going to get bigger as we, as you know, more IPLs are played and more youngsters start participating. So yeah. you are right. Yeah. Yeah, and like the best example of that has been KKR, right? Mavi, Nagarkoti, Gill, like they are like repaying all the faith that KK had has shown in them, especially Mavi and Nagarkoti. Like they were kind of sidelined by injuries for a couple of seasons. KK had stuck with them, and now they are. I think they are more than paying back the faith that KK had showed in them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And those young kids, they are fielding so well. Like another thing that I've noticed is guys like Uthappa or Kedar Jadhav. Uh, they, I mean, they are they are not only out of touch. in terms of their batting but even their fielding is not that great if you if you look at these young guys even in the heat they are diving they they have that ability to convert those uh, you know ones into twos and things like that so i think mm-hmm. at in the end in a t20 game those those add up and and make a huge difference uh, for yeah them. and that, that's what priyam garg and abhishek sharma did right in the csk game like they were putting pressure on the fielders and you could see that you know the csk fielders were kind of feeling the pressure in some cases like dropping catches and then overthrows and stuff like that so i guess you know the youth is showing <laughs> i guess but again like uh, coming back to one of the points that you made earlier that teams are trying to find their balance uh, do you still think that there are a couple of teams who could you know use a little bit of readjustment to their like team composition i would say kings 11 punjab they definitely need to think about you know which foreign players they need to select they have persisted with maxwell for four games and he hasn't performed in either of them i mean granted today uh he didn't get that many deliveries but in a way he's expected to blast in the end just like what polard is doing for uh, mumbai indians right so uh, i i think kings 11 is more like kl rahul and mayank agarwal at the top and then in the middle it's like uh, uh, more like a hit and miss thing and so <laughs> yeah. so they definitely need to think about it yeah and uh, like i was le- reading up some of the stats and if you look at the leading run scorer for the tournament it's KL Rahul and Mayank Agarwal at the top and then there is no mention of any other player from Kings 11 Punjab right yeah. and, and yet, that, yet they are at the bottom of the table at the end of this week so exactly and that's what was surprising to me right like uh, in the batting charts you have KL Rahul and Mayank Agarwal at the top and in the bowling charts Mohammad Shami is the second highest leading wicket taker so that kind of makes me feel that you know apart from these three the composition doesn't seem to be clicking right now and yeah. part of it i feel is their problem with that bowling like they have been consistently posting high totals but their bowling is not really supporting them so it's and, more like you know teams playing out uh, mohammad shami and then they know they have another three or four bowlers to target and that's what they, they are doing like chris jordan he's been giving uh, runs at the economy rate of 10 12 i guess that's not acceptable if you are the strike bowler yeah and he's supposed to be like the t20 specialist so i feel really bad for him like today being his birthday he was taken to the cleaners by watson and faf uh, it was unfortunate but again that kind of highlights that you know maybe kings 11 is limited 
limited on what they can do because they have tried Chibinisham, they have tried Cottrell, they have tried Jordan in the death overs and nothing really has worked, right? So yeah. that's making me wonder, should teams as whole change their approach to death overs? Because if I'm looking at the numbers from 15 overs to the 20th over, the run rate of the batting team is somewhere in double digit as opposed to first over to the 15th over where it's eight or nine runs and over. And then from 15th onwards, all the teams are consistently blasting at, you know, double digit run rate. So does that mean that you need to re- rethink how that bowling is approached? I would say so. I mean, I haven't you know watched too many Yorkers. Uh, that's something I feel is very effective. But uh, mm. uh, yeah. You know, bowlers are introducing so many variations like the knuckleball and the slower bouncer and uh, then wide outside the off bowling full to some batsmen and having a field set that way. Uh, those things work sometimes, but sometimes they don't because the the way you set the field, the batsman knows where the ball is going to be coming and he's already prepared for that. Yeah. But if, if you're bowling a yorker, then it's almost like you are you know, choking the batsman and there's not much he can do even if he knows where the field is. But uh, and my, my thought on this is that traditionally the approach is that, you know, your best bowlers, they'll bowl maybe one or two over spell uh, at the top of the inning and then you save them towards death over, right? But especially for the past week, the uh, theme has been that no matter who the bowler is, if he's bowling in a death over, he's going to be whacked, like... Maybe it will be just edges flying around or what it might be, but they're going to go for way too many runs, right? So yeah. I feel like maybe the team should think about this. Like, you know what, if this is my best bowler, I'm going to give them a continuous spell or a longer spell in the first 10 overs of the game, build up pressure. And then, you know, in the last five overs of the game, whatever happens, happens. But I think that's that's what some of the teams are concerned, right? Even if you contain them. And maybe the batsmen are going to play them out and not lose wicket. And then in the last five overs, they have like six or seven wickets remaining. Everybody is going to just come in, go for the big hits. And if everyone scores like even one or two sixes, then you are you're scoring at least 10 or 15 runs in, in one over towards the end. And, you know, commentators have been saying that 80 runs in last five overs, especially in a ground like Sharjah, is... is like a given thing, basically. Yeah, it's a Batman game, especially in Sharjah, right? But again, like if nothing else is working, might as well try that. Because let's say you, you know, your Shamis and your Cotrells bowl out their spell in the first, um, you know, first eight overs itself. And then you build up enough pressure, you manage to get maybe a couple of uh, wickets in your 12th or 13th over, the batsmen who have been set. Now you're looking at an equation where you have eight overs and new batsmen at the crease. So that that could be anyone's game. Yeah. Because if it's, if it's anyways, if you plan for it and you give the ball to your best bowlers in the death over, if it's not working, then just try something new. Especially for something, someone like King Seven Punjab, like they have tried, they've thrown the kitchen and sink at it, and nothing has worked. Yeah, I, I mean, sure, something like that must be playing on the minds of Rahul and uh, Kumble. So hope we see something like that. But I think AKR is one team that can do that. Because they have the luxury of uh, too many all-rounders. And they did that in the SRH game, right? Pat Cummins bowled up front and he's uh, got the wicket of uh, Johnny Bairstow. That made uh, Warner think about his game and he slowed down as well. And then in the end, it was Russell who, who played really well. Or, or bold well enough to to contain them. I mean, yeah, so something drastic has to be done, especially when you know your squad doesn't have the depth. You know, like in case of Kings Eleven, or even in terms of CSK. And now I think so. I mean, uh, you know, teams have gotten familiar with the conditions. They know each other as well, and also the other teams what they are trying to do. 
what they are good mm-hmm. at and what they are not. So right. I think it's only four games apiece at the moment. But uh, starting next week or so, uh, it it will be tough, right? It's it it will be more like who's going to make less mistakes because everybody has figured out everybody out. So teams are going with a more concrete plans and the ways to execute them. Yeah, I, I would I would hope to see that because I think, like you said, like you know, the time for experimentation and everything else is done. Now it's like you're getting to the business end of the tournament, and making fewer mistakes is the only way to make sure that you know you progress yeah. uh, to the next stage. Yes, and with all this going on, what would your strategy be for the fantasy league? Would you, uh, you know, try and implement and do the same things, like pick more like death bowlers in your squad rather than spinners? Actually, I, I did that uh, in the beginning of the tournament, and my first couple of weeks, that was my strategy for my st- my fantasy league. Is that you know I would pick up a strike bowler who I know is going to bowl up front and towards the death. and i would make him the captain because you know he gets me two wickets and that's basically 100 points right there right yeah. but with the trend of you know sharja and especially in the last week what i've started doing is i've started weighing less on my bowlers and made it a batsman game altogether so i think uh, for yesterday's game i had three bowlers in my squad and they were just there to fill spots but everything else i just relied heavily on batting teams especially yeah. you know game games like uh, the ones that happened in charcha right dc versus kkr my team was filled up with batsmen from both the squads because i know the boundaries are short and no matter what the bowler tries to do if it's a hard hitting batsman he's going to get in a few runs so yeah. i i just went with that so. I, i think yeah that's a good strategy and i think most of us try to do the same it's just that some of us uh, didn't uh, read the rules too well and they they didn't change their team uh, before the first game of the double header where they thought like yeah, they will they will get a chance to change the team before the start of the second match but uh, i would say yeah by and large i, I guess your your batsmen are going to earn you more points uh, yeah, yeah at least on small grounds absolutely sharja it's a no brainer in sharja any any game happening i'm not picking up the bowlers that's it It's done. But yeah. yeah. But how's how's your fantasy coming along? I have been relying less on the bowlers uh, and trying to get uh, my power hitters. Uh, but it's all about like you know who your captain is and who your vice captain is. If they fire, then I think uh, you you'll be in a good spot. If they don't yeah. fire, then any other players in the team they are not going to earn you much points. Is what I've realized. So yeah, that is yeah. It's it's very difficult to predict, right? Who who's who's going to fire, and then who whom do you make your captain or vice captain? Oh, absolutely, yeah. It's just a probabilities game, right? Like you put you take yeah. your chances, make the best best educated guess, yeah. I guess, and just let it let it roll from there, right? But so the, the one other thing that I've been noticing is like you know until uh, last year uh, or rather when IPL is being played in India, you see a lot of spinners. coming in barbley i i haven't seen that much happen this time around yeah that's an interesting observation i think only uh, washington sundar is bowling in power play for rcb not sure why other teams are not uh, getting these players uh, i i guess delhi brought uh, ashwin yesterday yeah, in the game in charja but he went for runs right uh, nitesh rana really tonked him so yeah <laughs> so i guess yeah maybe because there is no turn uh, at least the uh, pitches in india have good amount of turn uh, right. but if in the new uh, 
well with the new ball in Sharjah or Dubai. It doesn't turn, but at the same time, the bounce is good enough for batsmen to hit along the line. So I get that's what is stopping captains from introducing spin in the power play. Yeah, and I, I'm honestly a little disappointed with that because I always felt like you know, uh, the more you tempt the batsman to go after the bowler, the better are your chances of picking up a wicket, right? Yeah. And what 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 what's more enticing than you know introducing a spinner in power play? But I guess like you know, the, like you said, teams have already come up with their strategy and kind of solidifying that. So maybe it's part of their strategy. One other thing I've been noticing is like. the calling of the game or the commenting on the IPL game this year around right you have uh, kevin peterson in there you have gavaskar as usual and uh, slater and the bunch what are you making of that this year i really enjoying it what's your thought i think i i really like listening to kevin peterson he makes uh, very good points and he even like while commentating he throws in that energy that he used to show well in his playing days <laughs> So I, yeah. I would say yes. I like uh, Kevin Peterson. He he has been unbiased in my, from what I have heard. Uh, you know he'll he'll kind of also criticize big players like Dhoni, and at the same time he'll appreciate the youngsters like Sanju Samson or Priyam Garg. So mm-hmm. I like listening to him. But other than that, it's flack, I guess. Uh, Gavaskar and uh, <laughs> those guys. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They, they... That's that's the interesting thing I've noticed, right? Like the most vocal. Commentators sometimes get into trouble, right? So I was reading about Kevin Peterson's comment about Khalil Ahmed, right? Like when in the game where Bhuvneshwar got injured, he made as like a cheeky comment about like, oh, he's just um, you know uh, pretending an injury so that he doesn't have to bowl the death over, right? And it might be a tongue-in-cheek comment, but apparently yeah. Twitter went wild over that. Joy Patel called him out. Hey, you can't say something like that. And I felt like that was us being oversensitive. It's like first of all he was kind of jesting and the second thing is it's not like it doesn't happen right in the past i'm pretty sure at the international level it would have happened that you know someone supporter didn't want to bowl a particular batsman and kind of backed out or stuff like that right yeah. so it's not completely like untrue i would say so i felt like people are being over sensitive with some of this stuff and again like the other thing that like kind of uh, didn't make sense to me was the whole uh, controversy about gavaskar comment right the one with uh, virat kohli and anushka sharma i felt it was blown out of proportions yes i mean yeah that was completely uncalled for uh, but it's just the nature of our fans right uh, people take it so seriously and people are following you people are monitoring you each and every word i i read uh, uh, one of our shabbogle's blog and he said that he was also called out uh, because he did not say some good things about certain player in a certain match i, I don't exactly remember but but that did not worry him uh, he said that where he said that that was more like a you know an opinion as a commentator that he needs to make what worried him was that in one of the matches he got it wrong he made like wrong statements in terms of stats or something and that people did not catch so he said that i think that's something we should be uh, held accountable for rather than you yeah. know expressing opinion so exactly like f- facts is something you hold someone against and opinions is something like yeah. you know everyone is entitled to one of their own so exactly. it, it doesn't makes us you know that people get uh, so riled up over opinions as opposed to like you know when there is blatant uh, misquotation of facts and that, that was stupid but one thing that i've been noticing during the commentating is tata ultras oh my god <laughs> oh, okay <laughs> now what do you think about that card doesn't it look good 
<laughs> I don't know about that, but it's like if you are a music fan, you should definitely go <laughs> go and buy one because apparently it's all centered around music and probably all oh, the safe. Yeah, <laughs> dude, I've listened to those like uh, you know uh, product placements so many times now. I, I, I'm starting to mumble those things in my dreams. <laughs> okay, it's it, it's just ridiculous. It's just ridiculous. But again, yeah. Uh, so I mean, like from a community perspective, I I love it. I love when KP is like upfront about it. It's like because you have to call the game as you see it, right? And that's that's why you have them there. You can't be censoring each and every word that they're saying or every comment that they're making, right? Yeah. For example, uh, right um, when Tony like the the chase, the batting chase, when Tony was kind of feeling tired, right? And from my perspective, it was a clear tactic of. uh halting the momentum of the game because david warner's team already had the momentum right and csk had to break that in some way or the other and instead i mean i'm sure that the heat is playing a factor and you know he might be feeling it physically but it also felt to an extent that it was more of a time wasting tactic and i know uh, someone like uh, ronak kapoor from cricket info had called it out and the interesting comment that he made was that you know we can see what's happening but the commentators are uh, still reminiscing about the good games tony has won instead of calling the game the way it is you know yeah and and, and part, i mean i feel the- i feel it was within the boundary because how many times in the past uh, you know even in test matches towards the end of the day uh, last day or something like couple of wickets are remaining players or coaches will send in like new gloves and water and pads and all oh. those things right so absolutely so i don't think that mattered a whole lot because in any case they they had to play 20 overs uh, right and uh, yeah if that that's what dhoni was trying to do then that's not at all illegal but at the same oh, yeah, time i yeah i could see he was struggling now again it's just perception seeing from from the outside right So, so I mean, like he he was well within the limits of the game to do that. I I don't deny that, and you know, I'm pretty sure India has done that thing in the past at a national level, and you know, the opponents have also done the same. But the fact that uh, you know the the thing that stood out to me was uh, none of the commentators dared to call him out on that because I'm pretty sure that they were worried in the back of their mind that you know if you call someone out as big as Tony. in IPL you might not be here for the next IPL right and yeah. that's the part i'm i'm little worried about is like you know the commentators are there to call the game the way they see it and if they are not able to do that then what's the point of even having them you know might as well have some tv star come and just comment on the game just use some generic words and describe it <laughs> i guess nobody wants to put their paycheck on the line right so if they I mean, if they want to uh, you know keep shut for a while and just respect some player more than what what he or she deserves <laughs> uh, yeah you i think you you will see a lot of that uh, in coming days i'm i'm pretty yeah. sure about that and that, that's the reason why i love kp is like he calls it the way he sees it doesn't care and he, he doesn't back away from a fight even on twitter after it like he is never shy of defending himself yeah. and That, that that's the part I love about it. I know people have been like, "Why is KP so enthusiastic? What the what the hell is this guy talking?" But I personally enjoy his commenting a lot yeah. more. Yeah, and I think what what I really appreciate is that he backs it up with uh, more technical analysis or more technical comment. Uh, so that's what he is there for, uh, right? Exactly. And that's what uh, 
uh, is expected from him because he's been a past player, right? So he should understand what happens on the field and what does not. So I guess even Michael Slater, I mean, Gavaskar, they have all been ex-players, so they all understand that. But yeah, you can do, uh, come on, like even they want to have fun. So you, you can make it fun. Uh, but at the end, you have to make sure that you are giving like good statements that are backed by facts and truth rather than just making open-ended statements, something like what Gavaska did, right? Which was also in a fun way, but again, like people took offense and then it blown out, It was blown out of proportion. And you know what? Like one commentator I miss uh, during the IPL is Nasir Hussain, especially oh, watching yeah. the English summer uh, on Sky Sports and looking at his analysis and the way that commentary team, uh, you know, called the game. It was really fascinating. Not not just like watching the game, but the technical aspect of it of the game for someone who loves cricket so much. Like there are so so many small things that you miss. Mm-hmm. But yeah. you know, the, when they point it out, it's really fascinating. Like the whole experience changes. I, I would agree, so especially with so many England players in the IPL and they're all doing so good, like Morgan, Butler, Archer, mm-hmm. and uh, and guess what? Ben Stokes is joining next week. So oh. yeah. <laughs> Speaking yeah. of what are you looking forward to? Oh, uh, I think for a couple of matches he'll take some time to adjust in the heat. He is flying from New Zealand. Uh, it's going to be. I don't think he'll be at like full pace. Uh, you know, delivering the way he performed at the World Cup last year. But uh, I expect him to. Uh, he he's going to be very vital for Rajasthan Royals. I think that's where the combination with Uthappa. They might think about dropping him because now they have the experience of Stokes in the middle and get uh, Yashasi, Jaiswal, or maybe an extra bowler if they'd like. Oh, absolutely. I mean, like if you're getting Stokes in and not handing him the ball while coming in the team, right? Because that guy can turn the game around in every aspect, like fielding, batting, and bowling. So I'm definitely uh, on yeah. Him be part of the squad because, especially since most of the all rounders that I expected to perform haven't lived up to the expectation so far. Oh, so right, yeah, yeah. I, I would really love for an all rounder to you know come and change the game but, on its head. But the history says that uh, Ben Stokes hasn't been really good for Rajasthan Royals in IPL ever since he was paid like that 14 crores in one of the auctions. <laughs> he hasn't, uh, you know, justified that price tag. He comes in with a big reputation, playing so many match-winning performances at the international level. But then in the <laughs> IPL, I think he just loses that steam. So, hope that's in Dubai, it's not the case. Yeah. And he, he, I believe he has had a good rest. So, hopefully 2020 IPL would be a very different for him. Yeah, but I, I, I'm honestly looking forward to a little bit, a little more mix in the in the standing table. So you know, maybe Kings Eleven will win a couple of games, and then you know the the race will get a lot more interesting. Yeah, not that it isn't right now because mm-hmm. I'm looking at the table right now, and I can see two teams on six points. Mumbai Indians is on six with one game in hand. Yeah. So a couple of losses here and there, and that'll be yeah. really interesting. Yeah, but did you notice, like as of yesterday, it was RCB who was at the top of the table and Chennai uh, at the bottom of the table. <laughs> For the past twelve years, it has always been the other way around. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah. and then people are blaming, "Oh, it's twenty twenty. Anything can happen." Exactly. I saw some memes about that. It's like twenty twenty. Here it does its thing again. All right, I guess that's all the topics that we can cover in today's episode. Unfortunately, we don't really have much time. But next week, same time, same place, we'll catch up with a recap of IPL Week 4 and hopefully have some stories. Yeah, good.